You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Thanks for listening to the Lakers Fast Break Podcast, part of the Hoopheads Podcast Network. Check out all their awesome basketball shows today at hoopheadspod.com. Fast Break Podcast. It's Gerald Glassford. I'm right back at you here from Lakers Fast Break, Pop Culture Cosmos, Inside Sports, Fantasy Football, and Game Source. We truly appreciate everyone out there all of our shows. And if you can, please give us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Plus, if you can like, share, subscribe, follow, or do anything that you can to support us right here at the Lakers Fast Break, Pop Culture Cosmos, Inside Sports, Fantasy Football, Game Source, the great folks at Lakerholics.com, the awesome folks at the Hoop Heads Podcast Network. If you can go ahead and take care of all of us by following, supporting, and do whatever you can to help us out at every one of these outlets, it is sincerely appreciated. I hope, first off, that everybody had a wonderful and happy and safe Thanksgiving and have gone out today on Black Friday and wreaked havoc upon the retail world or spent your money galore out there on the internet and had a great time in doing so but i feel like today's game for the lakers was like going through and wading through all the ads on blackfriday.com or maybe checking out the local paper reading through all the ads and flipping through and saying oh i want that deal want that deal want the deal and you actually going at six o'clock or seven o'clock in the morning on black friday all ready to go to the store and the store opens and you're doing that mad rush right in the store to get that advertised product you've so been looking forward to. And all of a sudden you walk up and they said, sorry, sir, it's already sold out. And today it seemed like just that with the Lakers, because for Lakers fans, it seemed like it was a Black Friday that they'll not soon forget as they went into today's game against the Sacramento Kings and a little bit up and down. But in the fourth quarter, had a 13-point lead. Hmm. Looking good, right? Well, this team this year, one thing it does not like is prosperity. And sure enough, the Lakers, unfortunately, could not hold the lead as it got trimmed down again and again and again through poor rebounding, poor defense, poor execution down the stretch. And the Lakers managed to whittle away a 13-point lead in the fourth quarter to go into overtime. And they had a seven-point lead in the first overtime. Still had a lead in the second overtime. And they still managed to lose that until they finally ran out of gas 
and could not keep up with the Sacramento Kings and the hard-charging great plays and great shots that were made by Buddy Heald and De'Aaron Fox as those two, once they got the rhythm in the overtime, it was just very hard for the Lakers to keep up. But in three overtimes, the Lakers did fall 141 to 137. And a great game by Russell Westbrook, even though even he, late in the game, dropped a ball in the uh, fourth quarter. It just cost the team a, a tying score, which was kind of disappointing. Poor shooting by LeBron James and Anthony Davis from three as they went combined. Two for 18 from three-point area, which is just very disappointing. Malik Monk, though, I do want to give him props. Eight of 11, four for seven from three, 20 points. Carmelo Anthony, four from nine for the three-point area, 16 points. Pretty good, solid bench production there. But unfortunately, the defense, as you can tell, by 141 by Sacramento Kings was just not good at all. And here today to talk about this debacle, this latest debacle on Black Friday is a good man indeed. Mm-hmm. I'm hoping he got his deals today on Black Friday. And in fact, you can go for the best deal for all you Lakers fans out there for Black Friday for the grand total price of free to go ahead and chat now at Lakerholics.com. Be part of the conversation today at Lakerholics.com. It is the mastermind behind it all. It is Laker Tom. And Laker Tom, I know we've gone back and forth and argued all season long, but this team, one thing you've got to agree on, it just does not like prosperity. No, they don't know how to handle that. They only have one double-digit win all season, and it's by 10. Well, you know, what's what's really amazing is I'm, I'm watching the game and I'm thinking, you know, we're 10 and 10. So, and this was when we were ahead and by 13. And then I thought this again, when we're ahead by seven, in the first overtime, and then when we were ahead by five in the second overtime, I said, you know, we're going to win this game. We'll be 11 and 10. And of our 11 wins, five of them will be in overtime. I mean, that's an incredible, stunning statistic in and of itself that says that something's missing. And I think what's become evident from the actions of the coaching staff and the Lakers, that they don't have any better idea than you and I do as to what is the problem or how to fix the problem. I mean, Frank Bogles, if you could pick two players on the Lakers roster to start the game with your three superstars, you wouldn't pick. DeAndre Jordan and Avery Bradley. I mean, what what did we get from Bradley and Jordan? Nothing. Four points. Four points and two points, I think. Yeah, four points. Uh, yeah, that's correct. Four points and two points, respectively. Uh, you know, I mean, it's and Jordan is like he must have like fumbled five or six passes in the first half alone that were just you know hit him exactly right where you want the ball and and the ball is just bouncing off and it's a turnover. Turnovers killed us tonight. Turnovers and 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 LeBron's inability to shoot the three, and the total lack of lift of being able to get into the lane and, and attack. It looks to me like that that uh, abdominal muscle that he's strained has definitely taken away a lot of his athleticism at this point in time. You know those types of injuries. Uh, <laughs> hamstrings and muscle strains and and groin pulls and those types of things just seem to nag and and you know that's it's not like it's not like the normal injury like an ankle where you can wake up 
two or three days later and it's gone away because it just seems to go linger and linger and and it doesn't go away instantly. It goes away over a long period of time that usually takes more patience than, than a team that's fighting to win a championship has. This was a disappointing game. You can't cut it any other way. At least hopefully nobody got hurt and, and uh, you know, we've exhausted ourselves and we've got two more easy games before the schedule starts to get tough again. And uh, we'll Will see what happens. Will they be happens. easy? That's Pardon? the problem I'm asking you now. Will they be easy after LeBron played 50 minutes tonight? Yeah. Their next right. game is on Sunday. Will it yep. be easy? That's what we said last Sunday against Detroit. Look what happened there. Now, it's obvious that this team doesn't carry forward. <laughs> I, I guess you could say it's good and bad. They don't carry forward tragedies because they come out to play pretty well after a lousy game, but also after a good game, they can't seem to put it together into a string that amounts to anything like a winning streak. Um, I think Jamie said it best because he said that we've never been able to put four quarters together. Yeah, well, I you don't have to put four quarters together to win a game. I, you know, you, Sometimes it's two quarters, sometimes it's three quarters, sometimes it's one quarter, you know, but at least at least you need to be able to start developing habits that are going to get you easy points as you move forward. And this isn't um, a young team. This isn't a young team that, that needs to re, you know, be reminded of. We've got individuals that have won multiple championships on this team. But it's, not together. It, and not Le, recently. LeBron and AD? Not recently for most of them, you know. Teams are a funny thing in lineups and, and, and the chemistry that you have in lineups, the fit that you have in lineups. Fans tend to think that those things are are just automatically so easy to accomplish. And they really aren't because you're taking five people at different stages of their career and you're putting them on the court with a ball against the defense that's designed to, to prevent the star players from playing well. And you still have situations where these guys haven't played very many minutes together. I mean, the number of lineups the Lakers have used is crazy. If you go up to the NBA.com and you look at the lineup, and you look at, look at the lineups for the season, and it, there's so many lineups, it's like 10 pages of lineups. You can't even really start to analyze them until you filter out, you know, guys that didn't play many games and, and so forth, or lineups that didn't play more than three minutes a game and stuff like that. It's still early in the season, and by definition, for a team that had continuity, no, it's not early in the season. For a team like the Lakers that had 11 new players and all of these injuries, it is, you know. Reeves was available. We didn't see him at all tonight. And it seems like uh, Ariza is maybe two or three weeks away from coming back. So who's going to, what's going to happen between the next three weeks? Is it, are we going to see, and I, and I fully expect to see Bradley and, and Jordan in the lineup. I had my first inklings today of, of starting to wonder whether or not Frank Vogel owns more responsibility for what's happening with this team than anybody else. Because I personally say no. Yeah. I think he, I mean some of the things I could say. Yeah, like, well, for instance, well, some of the net, you know dirt late in the game and the overtimes where it became the offense became stagnant. You could go ahead and say that as far as the coach not instructing LeBron, hey, pass that ball around, set up a pick and roll, do something other than what you're doing than just dribbling a ball out for the twenty to twenty three seconds of the shot clock. That, to me, is disappointing. Try and at least get it around the, the horn a little right. bit and create some type of flow in the offense. But the, several times it went back to it, went back to it. And Stu Lance on the broadcast, even he's quoting it. Even he sees what's going on. 
the lack of defensive rebounding at times is, is killing the Lakers, giving the other team second opportunities. And it's just, uh, they're, they're playing like a bad team. It's just that well, simple. They're not, they're not playing like a championship team, that's for sure. Not and, even and, close. and we're getting as usual. I mean, you got to give the, the Kings credit. I mean, I thought the Kings had lost in regulation. I thought they lost in the first overtime. I was sure they lost in the second overtime. And it wasn't until they had a seven-point lead on us in the third overtime that I finally said, you know what, we're going to lose this dang game. <laughs> you know, it's just really, it's just so frustrating to think that I was sure we had hit rock bottom, but no. Rock bottom is losing a triple overtime game to the Kings. Where do you go from here is is a, a long, slow grind. And, and my big concern is what do we do with the lineup? The only silver lining I see in this entire situation is that Frank seems to be so set on the simple fact that he is not going to get beaten by a team because he's too small, you know, and he's going to put Jordan out there and Bradley is what he thinks is his best guy at fighting over screens and funneling players into the center who, how many block shots did he have the night? Not very many, I'm sure. Uh, so you've got you've got two guys that you're already crippling the start of the first and the third quarters, and and you know fortunately he doesn't play them down at the end of the games. It's sort of like the Javale McGee situation last year. It's just maddening, and you know there's a big difference between whether you play guys against starters or whether you play them against reserves. And I can understand, for example, why he wants to keep Mello to come off of the bench because Mello off of the bench is playing against the second team, and and that's a big difference, you know, because you've got an experienced guy like that who's going to take advantage of whoever is the backup power forward on the other team. But at the same time, the way you start games and and how you get out of the barn makes such a difference in how you finish the games that, that you know, Frank has these rotations, and I don't think we've seen any rotations so far that are so important that you are going to compromise your starting lineup. That's the biggest concern I have at this point in time. You know, we're not putting a team in there that that is our best team that we could put out there. And I can accept some things like Mello not coming out as a starter, but you know, we're we're still too small. A lot of that is Polinka's blame. A lot of it is just the luck of who got injured on the team and and the fact that. You know, had there been available six, eight guys that would have fit Vogel's needs, um, I'm sure Palenka would have signed them, you know. But that's that's the size person that everybody in the league is looking for right now. Everybody needs that six, eight, six, nine guy who can play good defense and shoot the three. You know, if, if, if you have that prototype, uh, you're going to get a job somewhere. And unfortunately, we couldn't find enough of them. And, and the one that we did choose to... Uh, hasn't hit the court yet. So it's going to be a struggle. And, and uh, if we were going to break out and suddenly show that we could win eight of the next 10 games, for example, tonight was not evidence of that at all. This is Raphael from NBADraftJunkies.com, and you are listening to the Lakers Fast Break. Check out what's been going on with the Pop Culture Cosmo Show and the PCC Multiverse. If you have a better movie in the can, 
Why is that not the movie that you released in the first place? I would say it's more culturally relevant than The Simpsons and Rick and Morty. Like, it has become a staple of American entertainment. I think Dragon Age 4 is carrying the future of Bioware on its shoulders. That's the Pop Culture Cosmo Show. And the PCC Multiverse. Catch our shows on Worldwide Radio seven days a week and wherever you get your podcasts. Again, we'll stay at it. We're going to keep at it even more. Sunday brings a new game and a new opportunity. Hopefully in this game coming up that the Lakers will find a little bit more comfortable instead of having to come back from behind like they did on last week's game. And maybe LeBron will keep his closed fists in check. But we'll wait and see because he uh, also got a fine from the league for an obscene gesture that he made during the Indiana game after he made one of his shots. He was fined, uh, I think, what, $15,000? Yeah, he was uh, also told to keep on doing that because the league will get stronger and stronger against him. So even though that they did accommodate him for what was being said and those horrible things that were being said to him by those two fans, still his uh, reciprocation later on after he hit a clutch shot, still I think the NBA said, you know what, we don't want any of that. So not good for LeBron either which way, playing 50 minutes and shooting two for 13 from the three-point area, settling, like you said, for a lot of jumpers, not taking inside. He did take it inside during the overtime, and it puzzles me that he didn't do that on the what, one of the last two plays of the game in the fourth quarter when he could have done that just as easily. So I'm not sure what's going through LeBron when he's always in this mindset because he's always looking. He's, at not, he's not able to. He's not able to. Uh, but then you say that, then he goes and drives in like two times in a row in the overtime. So it just, yeah, it's like. You didn't see him. You didn't see him explode to the basket. No, you know? no. I mean, that's, he, that's he got the foul. Difference. He got the basket. He got what he wanted when he wanted during that time. Yeah, but still it was. It was against the Kings, man, and against Alex Lynn, you know what I mean? No, it was against Marvin Bagley. Bagley actually looked very serviceable Uh, player. Yeah, there was a reason why he's just coming back now because he was on the bench for a long time because he has two-plus years of playing at a subpar level. Yeah, you know, and they're missing Harrison Barnes, who's – Yeah. Geez, Harrison Barnes, a player that a lot of – They're playing very good for them. Would trade uh, THT and none for in a snap. He's a veteran, 20 points per game scorer, good defender, smart player. Need a little bit more of that on our team. But, my friend, it is, again, the Lakers falling in triple overtime, 141 to 137. If you have any thoughts on the game, please, you can go ahead and share it with us at Lakerholics.com or give us a holler, give us a shout-out, at LakerTom on Twitter, at LakersFastBreak on Twitter. Also, as well, LakersFastBreak at Yahoo.com. But my friend, if you want to go ahead and just let everybody know what you're up to for this weekend, are you writing in our article or what's happening with you at Lakerholics.com? I, I thought that we, I really liked the idea. I've, I've always been a fan of LeBron playing the five. And I thought that the, the our win the other night with when we played the, almost the entire fourth quarter in overtime uh, with LeBron playing the five uh, with three with with Mark with Carmelo and three other shooters surrounding him as a dynamite lineup, and I I really like the idea of doing that. And I started, you know, the, the minute then I started thinking about this whole thing, the more I started getting this vision of of the Lakers with LeBron at the five playing the Warriors with uh, Draymond at the five in the Western Conference Finals this year, and it's an interesting thing because. 
generally what happens with almost every superstar in the league, especially guys, especially small forwards and power forwards, is they, as their career gets older and they lose their mobility and their speed, then they, they move up one or two notches in the position. You know, the small forwards become, you know, the shooting guards become, become power forwards, you know, and, uh, and small forwards become power forwards and power forwards become stretch fives. And it just sort of came to me that, that watching LeBron and his predilection for shooting three-point shots from outside and, uh, and his ability and his low center of gravity of playing center, which could actually be less wear and tear on him than running around trying to guard guys at the three and the four, I sort of came to the conclusion that the inevitable ultimate position for LeBron James to finish his career with the Lakers is probably as a stretch five center. And I wrote an article on medium that'll be out on, on Lakerholics tomorrow. So take a read and see if you enjoy that. It's thinking a little bit out of the box because I think it could even work when Anthony Davis was in the game. In other words, doing an inversion of Davis being the four and letting him stay the four and have LeBron play the five could be how the Lakers move forward at some point in time. I don't think it's going to be this year, but I think we're going to start to see more of LeBron at the five because it's a, it's a very lethal weapon for us to have in our offense. And you can catch his latest article on that and the possibilities, which I wholeheartedly agree upon. I thought this is something that they should have experimented on a while back. And I'm glad to see that it came to fruition the other night in Indiana. Gesture and horrible fans aside, I'm glad to see that the LeBron at five at that time worked. Of course, you have AD here playing with him alongside tonight. That didn't seem to be the issue. To me, it just, again, just a myriad of, of small errors led up to one big thing as far as losing the lead. It just, it wasn't any one thing you could target. You could target the lack of rebounding at times. You could target the lack of defense at times. You could ta- target the lack of execution. You could target lack of ball movement. It seemed like there was an area for each of these mistakes to happen at various points in time in the fourth quarter and the triple overtime. So, you know what? You can't point to any one certain thing, the, the reason why the Lakers lost tonight. But still, it isn't a good sign for a team that is playing like a 10 and 11 team that they are right now. I mean, it's simply the ups and downs will continue as long as they continue playing like this. And we'll see what happens if they can get back to the 500 mark on Sunday. We'll see. We'll be here after the game coming up on Sunday against the Detroit Pistons at home at the soon-to-be renamed, but we'll call it now, the Staples Center. But we'll be here Sunday night talking to you about what went on during the game. And we're looking forward to hopefully hearing some good news about the Lakers then, but hoping you will have a great weekend as well. But thanks for joining us. Thanks for listening and watching. But we'll be back on Sunday after the Detroit game right here at the Lakers Festival.